This episode is a continuation of last week's episode about Eric Deret. So if you haven't heard it yet, please check it out. Otherwise, this episode might be a little bit unclear. Icelandic Saga says that Eric and his wife Fjordhild had four children. As we all know, nights in Iceland and even more in Greenland are cold and it's quite a good idea to cuddle with somebody at night. They had one daughter Freydis and three sons, Leif, Thorvald and Thorstein Eriksson. Leifur, our today's hero, was born around 970 in Iceland, but at very early age, together with his old family, moved to Greenland where he spent all his childhood. Saga of Eric the Red tells us that Thorstein and Leif were both promising young men. Thorstein lived at home with his father and there was no more promising man in Greenland. So even though Leif was promising, his brother was even more promising. There was no space for two promising guys in Greenland, so Leif, who was less promising, had to leave the nest and go to Norway to be one of the King's Olaf Tryggvarsson guardsmen. One time Leif got off course when he sailed from Greenland to Norway during the summer and reached the hybrids. Together with his crew, he had to wait there for a good winds for most of the summer. During this time, Leif fell in love with a well-born lady named Thorgun. Leif believed that she has supernatural powers. I don't know what kind, but I have some guesses what type of superpowers made Leif fell in love with her so quickly. When he was ready to leave hybrids, Thorgun asked if he will take her home. Leif replied that he considered it reckless to kidnap a high-born woman in a foreign country and ask what her people think about it. She said that she doesn't care what those rednecks think, she loves him and she is so sick of this boring hole in the middle of the ocean. Oh yeah, this chick clearly doesn't have any idea what Greenland is like. She also said there is a one pretty important thing which can make him change his mind. She was a man. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. Thorgun was expecting a child. Looks like Leif was against any protection different than his shield and armor. Situation got a little bit complicated. Promising Viking career might end before it even began. And of course, as he was a very responsible man, he took his expecting girlfriend back to Greenland and lived with her happily ever after smoothly moving from being a ruthless viking to being a family man. Yeah, for sure, I'm kidding. He left her pregnant on the island and kept sailing to Norway. And apparently, many years later, a young man showed up in a Greenlandic colony, claiming that he was a Leif's son. In Norway, King Olaf quickly realized that having Leif working for him was a perfect opportunity to get himself ticket to heaven. He sent Leif back to Greenland with an important task of converting Greenlanders into Christianity. Leif was an opportunist and very quickly abandoned the fate of his ancestors. Without much thinking, Leif betrayed Thor, Odin and the rest of the Norse gods and became Christian. Our neophyte returned to Greenland and began preaching good news. His old man Eric, as you already know, had a bit of temper and couldn't stand that his son abandoned the fate of the ancestors with the old mighty gods and goddesses for some <laughs> new age religion. But it wasn't the only reason why Eric was pissed off about his son converting Vikings into a Christianity. Eric's wife Fjordhild became Christian and since Eric stayed pagan, Fjordhild didn't want to live with him like a wife and husband. Yeah, yeah, you exactly know what I'm talking about. Eric himself was one of the only few who remains faithful to the Norse gods. But it didn't bother anyone. In those days, people had more important things on their minds than which god his neighbors is worshipping. 
However, even though Leif's mission was a full success, his story does not remember Leif as a missionary, but rather as the first European to establish a settlement in North America. How did it happen? Listen up! The main problem of Greenlandic colony was the lack of raw materials, especially wood. However, the driftwood was to be found almost all over west coast suggested that somewhere not too far to the west had to be some land with a lot of trees. Because Greenlanders just recently settled there, they didn't have much time to think about the new expeditions, they rather had to work on this land to make it livable. But you probably already noticed that at these times, most of the things happen unplanned. One day, a guy called Bjarni Herjolfsson, a merchant who traveled between Iceland and Scandinavia, returned from Norway to visit his father in Iceland. And when he got there, it turned out that his parents no longer live in Iceland. They were among 500 folks tricked by Erik the Red, who went to the new green paradise. The Icelanders who remained on this island knew that somewhere to the northwest was the new Greenland that Erik was talking about, but nobody knew where exactly. Unfortunately, after three days of sailing, when the Icelandic shore disappeared below the horizon, the sea was covered with a dense fog and Bjarni got a little bit lost. The wind blew him off the course. And as it happens in almost every saga, yes, he found a new land. <laughs> Bjarni saw the coast where there was a lot of trees. He had heard a couple things about Greenland and knew that the only option to see tree there was to carve it from the ice. He called the place Markland, which we can translate as a wooden land or perhaps land of woods. Later, he reached a land where there were definitely fewer trees and called it Heluland, which we can translate as a land of stones. Today we can be almost sure that the forest land is a Labrador in the northeast Canada and the stone land is a Baffin Island. Bjarni never put his feet on the new lands, so that's why he never been considered discoverer of America. When he finally made it back to Greenland and told people about his discovery, they completely ignored him. Ah, you know, just yet another discovery. Meanwhile, Bjarni met Leif and told him story about the new land. The vision of following in the footsteps of the great Viking explorers set up by his father kept him awake at night. So he bought the Bjarni boat and decided that he was going to conquer the new world along with the 35 guys whom he managed to persuade to go with him. He offered his father to go with him, but Eric could not get over the fact that his son believes in some carpenters from the desert, founder of the fishing crabs instead of the almighty Nordic super gods. And on the way to the ship, Eric fell off his horse and broke a few ribs. That was too much for him. He told that it was a bad omen and he's not going anywhere. And that's how Eric the Red lost his chance to become not only discoverer of Greenland, but also one of the first Europeans to reach shores of America. Anno Domini 1000, our explorers left Eric the Red in Greenland and set sails to conquer a new world. They sailed in the opposite direction to Bjarni, starting from the Baffin Islands and continued through Labrador straight to Newfoundland, where Leif founded Leifbudir, a kind of shipyard for their vessels. They very quickly realized that this place was a paradise. Trees whenever the eye could see, countless salmon swimming around. When they thought it couldn't be any better, a guy named Tricker, the freed German slave, whom Leif treated as his foster father, 
went for a walk to the forest and brought back plenty of grapes. Actually, nowadays, historians say that there were rather some kind of berries or, or cranberries, stuff like that, but <laughs> never mind. Yeah, never mind. Fricker said, yeah, das ist wunderbar, yeah, let's make a beer, time for Oktoberfest. They used those fruits to make a wine which was so good that the best vineyards from Bordeaux would kill for it. After years of eating seals in Greenland and waiting for alcohol to be shipped from overseas, this place seems to be heaven. The wine was so good that they decided to name this place Vinland, which we can translate to, no surprise, wine country. But the medieval historian Adam from Bremen believed that Leif used the same trick as his father, Eric the Red, calling a massive piece of ice Greenland just to attract some settlers. But who knows? And also today's historian believed that the name Vinland came from Vin with the short I, meaning meadow. This hypothesis was already known in 1960, so it's possible that this is the reason why researchers went to the village Lansamadol, or something like that, I don't know French. It means the Meadows land. Never mind. Okay, let's go back on track. Vikings packed their ships with tons of gifts such as wood and grapes and headed to Greenland with the news about the new home. Along the way, they came across the wrecked merchant ship and rescue crew members have called Leif the Lucky Leif and this nickname stuck to him. He's remembered as Lucky Leif. Lucky Luke. Lucky Leif. He couldn't wait to tell his father about what he had seen on this new land. However, when he got to Greenland, Eric was already gone. Valkyrie took him to Valhalla the previous winter. Whether he wanted or not, he had to take over his father's duties as a Jarl of Greenland and could no longer return to America. Leif's brother Thorvald was chosen to carry on with settling Vinland. He had an easier task because he knew well where exactly is this place. Our Vikings got there and began exploring the area looking for a perfect location for the next colonies. After a few days, something completely unexpected happened. They ran into a local guys living in this area. Saga of Eric the Red says that they were short, ugly people with ugly hair on their heads. They had big eyes and white cheeks. After this quick explanation, we can clearly say that those settlers were big assholes. They called them Skrylingar, which we can translate as screamers. And this is because they couldn't understand a word what they were saying. For Vikings, language of locals sounded like they were screaming some gibberish to each other. Settlers greeted screamers in a typical Viking way. They killed most of them. However, two guys managed to escape. As you probably can guess, they weren't happy about this small misunderstanding. So after a couple of hours, they came back with their folks to resolve this small dispute. This time armed to their tooth. Screamers started shooting arrows on our poor Vikings and one of the arrows killed Leif's brother Thorstein. Boys decided that maybe it's not the best time to visit Vinland and perhaps they should go back home. After this unpleasant incident, they set sail toward Greenland where Leif was reported that, unfortunately, they had pissed off a few local dudes. It definitely wasn't a good news. The Vikings, however, did not abandon the plan to settle this new land. And around Anno Domini 1009, a man named Thorfinn directed another colonization expedition toward the New World. They set off in about 250 people, including Leif's sister Freydis. During the first winter, 
Thorfinn and his wife had a daughter who became the first European born in America. After a year, settlers set up two camps and some of them were probably tired of this place and decided to leave Vinland. But returning to Greenland, they accidentally arrived in Ireland where they taught people about this new world. Cells probably didn't understand shit of what those weird Norse people saying and that's why we had to wait for Christopher Columbus to discover America. You know shit, Vikings were living there, Vikings, Vikings, Vikings living there, Vikings, Vikings living in Ireland, there were Vikings in Ireland, 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 Vikings, Ireland, Dublin, Dublin, Ireland. Yeah, I know, I know, <laughs> I know, there were Vikings in Ireland, I'm just saying, it was a joke, okay? The remaining Vikings American moved from Vinland farther south where they encountered screamers again. Thorfinn, however, was not a stupid guy. Or at least he was much smarter than the previous explorers. He told his people that they can trade with screamers any goods they want except weapons. And in any circumstances they cannot kill them. At least not yet. Trade went unexpectedly good. Above all, those peoples wanted to buy red fabric and they had skins and a grey fur of animals for exchange. And then, suddenly, screamers disappeared for a couple of weeks. Saga of Eric the Red says that they got scared of bull running from the forest. However, Professor Kenneth Hall from Tulane University has, in my opinion, a much better explanation. According to him, amongst other goods, the Native Americans also bought a lot of milk and the other dairy products. And because they never tried it before, neither their ancestors, their bodies were lactose intolerant or something like that. Most likely they got some kind of terrible diarrhea and their first thought was these freaking vikings wanted to poison us. As they say in Texas, fool me once, shame on me, fool me twice, shame on you. And after a couple of weeks, the locals returned armed, attacking the settlement. Both groups clashed and the fight began. The rain of arrows fell on settlers. Skylingers lift large oval objects the side of ship's stomach on the poles. They were dark blue and they threw them over Vikings. That bombs were making horrible noises and our guys got scared and started running away. But then Freydis, Leifur's sister, saw this and said, What the hell are you doing, these scared little girls? Are you afraid of these losers? Go back there and fight like a man. She took a sword and just like Valkyria led Viking into fight. With this sword, she started hitting her own breast. Skrælingar, seeing that crazy chick getting completely berserk, freak out and run away. Yeah, but most likely they also get scared of livestock. Uh, we can help with them. After another hard winter, the settlers returned to Greenland and reported that to Leif the local folk again caused a lot of trouble. The next year, Leif's sister Freydis and her companions tried for a very last time to tame this hostile land. But as it happened among Vikings, they had a massive agreement over something very tribal and as soon as they arrived, they killed one another. As you can see, this time the screamers didn't even have to help them. They have killed themselves. And this is how the attempts to colonize America ended. Historians still claim that this colony had no chance of survival. For comparison, Jamestown, one of the first cities founded by the fathers of the United States, originally had 900 inhabitants and still a little more than 150 survived the winter. This doesn't mean, however, that the Vikings forget about this land. 
For many centuries, they went there to get wood and trade with screamers. You are probably wondering why the rest of Europeans didn't try to conquer those lands and why the discovery of Columbus was a, such a shock. Well, Europeans in Viking era knew that the Norse sailors reached the New World. In 1070, Adam von Bremen, the Archbishop of Hamburg and Bremen, wrote that Icelanders, Norwegians and Danes had discovered a country called Vinland far in the west of the Atlantic Ocean and this is the end of the known world. We also have some archaeological excavation to prove it. But this knowledge was gradually fathered out and was spread practically only among people who knew the Icelandic sagas, more as a curiosity than a geographic guideline. The history of Eric and Leif became more widely known in Europe around the 18th century, when America was already quite well known. Leif Eriksson had become a very well-known figure around the beginning of the 20th century, in 1964, the Congress of the United States declared 9th of October as the Leif Erikson Day and made it a national holiday. But it's not a bank holiday and is mainly celebrated by Nordic descendants groups in the United States. His likeness can be found on a series of postage stamps in the United States and on monuments in a major city in the USA. I also found a Japanese manga called The Vinland that tells the story of the Vikings in America, but I managed to get through one episode and... <laughs> and I will probably never go back to it again. But if you like manga, maybe it's something for you. Guys, now let me tell you a very interesting theory that I heard from my very good friend. I'm just a tour guide, not a historian, so don't treat this story as a historical fact. Well, there is a theory that Christopher Columbus learned about the existence of the New World from Icelanders. In 1477, Christopher arrived in Iceland as a sailor on a merchant ship and spent entire winter on Icelandic farm. As he did not speak Icelandic, we can be almost sure that he stayed mainly among educated Icelanders who knew Latin. You might be surprised, but at this time a lot of Icelanders studied in Western Europe. Those guys knew the sagas perfectly well, so they probably whispered something to Columbus about this mysterious land where their ancestors inhabited. It's incredibly hard to find anything else on this subject other than a brief notes. So treat it as a nice bar story after a few beers. The Nordic settlement in Greenland also did not stand the test of time. Scientists are still arguing about what happened to the Nordic settlement in Greenland. The Scandinavians lived on this huge piece of rock until the 14th century. For years, historians believed that this little ice age that hit medieval Europe pushed the Viking out of Greenland. It is said that when Eric arrived to the South Greenland, the site was perfectly green, beautifully green. However, the latest discoveries of scientists seems to contradict this theory. According to the latest research, the medieval period of warm climate between 10th and 12th century was not a worldwide phenomenon. Most likely, it has not reached Greenland. There are also other theories that believe that the cause of fall was the entry to the Inuit areas, you know, the indigenous people. You already know very well how such a meeting ended, but this time, Vikings were killed by locals. It sounds legit because today we know that Inuits weren't happy about Norse coming closer and closer to their hunting grounds. 
Another says that when Black Death killed one-third of European population, the Greenlandic settlers may have moved to one of the depopulated Scandinavian countries. Or that in the mid-13th century, Ivory returned to Europe and the lucrative walrus business was over. Probably each of those factors contributed a little, but I like the theory that most of researchers uh, support today. The young Vikings in Greenland were simply chased away by boredom and life at the edge of the world. They didn't want to live on this cold hole anymore, and they wanted to taste a little bit of wort. There is a story of Pastor Hans Edge who was sent to Greenland in 1712 by the Danish king to convert Norse inhabitants to Protestantism. This story clearly shows how big hole was this place. Pastor was about 200 years late. For 200 years, the Western world had not noticed that the Norse people of Greenland are gone. They are history now. Apparently he entered the village, which looks like people of this village like were very struggling in, the la in their last day. There were bon like dogs' bones on the floor. People were eating, so they were probably starving to death. And also there was a body of one guy with the wool suit who wasn't buried. So probably he was the last person who died there and there was nobody to bury him. Yeah, that's, that's it sad. in today's this episode. A Thanks a lot for listening. Let me know what you think about it. If you like it, please subscribe on your favorite platform and share it with your friends. Also, take a look at my Instagram, Pablo Guide, where you can find fresh feed from Iceland. Guys, stay tuned until next week. Bless, bless.